0: Today, if you don't feel rich, there's only two reasons. Number one is you didn't hear last week's sermon where we talked about this, or you've already forgotten last week's sermon. That's your only two options. And by the way, we now have it on nlccp.com. Um, we had uh, somebody cut the fiber optic cable. It wasn't us. It was another company. And so we lost our internet, internet 20 minutes into our Facebook live feed last week. But it's now, if you go to nlccp.com, the first one on there right now is our message from last week. And you need to hear that to get caught up because here's what we talked about. Every person here, every person watching for the first 20 minutes last week, everybody's rich in America we have rich people problems like i didn't get my hair appointment on the day i wanted my hair appointment let me help you out my hair appointment is saturday night around 7 7:30 i have a razor in one hand i have my shave butter in another and my shave butter conditions my scalp so it has this nice sheen i see a couple of gloves right there you guys i don't know if you use shave butter but shave butter will change your bald headed life i can fix you but rich people problems i didn't get does anybody ever complain, Sandy, that they don't get the day? Yes, rich people problems. Or, or I ordered no pickles on my hamburger. I said, no picks on my burg, and you put picks on my burg. Rich people problems. Or my cell phone coverage was not very good while I was in the bathroom, so I couldn't do my business while I was doing my business. <laughs> rich people problems, right? Yeah. Since we're so blessed, we, we, we came up with a saying. We're going to repeat these sentences every week, and then we're going to add to it every week of the series. And so here's what we came up with, and we're going to practice this. All right. God has blessed me with more than I need. I'm rich. So read that with me. God has blessed me with more than I need. I'm rich. Now you do it by yourself. Now, we're going to emphasize different words. The first word we're going to emphasize is God. So, we're going to say, God has blessed me with more than I. Ready? God has blessed me with more than I. Okay, now we're going to say me. God has blessed me. All right, Ready? Some of y'all didn't grow up in a church where you had responsive reading. We're, we're working on that. We're trying to train you in that. Okay, this time we're going to say, I'm rich, or rich is the word. We're going to say it out loud. We're going to let the gates of hell know. We're rich. All right, ready? Oh, I me. Rich. rich. All right, let's just do the last two. Ready? I'm rich. Ooh, yeah. You feel it now, don't you? You feel it. You're feeling me. If you don't believe that God has blessed you with more than you need and, you, and, and you're rich, It is time for you to sign up to go for the Belize mission trip this year. And you go down there and you explain to those people your financial problems. And you'll very quickly understand you're rich. Or let's just imagine, we don't get to go to Haiti this year because the political uh, situation is so unstable. It's actually dangerous for us to be there. Uh, but let's imagine you could fly with me. We'd go into Port-au-Prince. We'd fly over the mountains to Jacmel, Haiti. We would drive up on the mountain. We would go to Pastor Jude's church. The church has already let out. They let out probably by 8 a.m. this morning. They meet at 6 to 7 because it's so hot. No electricity, um, no running water in the buildings. The only reason they have water there is because they they built it where they have a cistern that they catch all the water, and then they put it in a tank so that that. Americans can, shave, uh, shave, can shower and shave and, and have water to flush our toilets. That's the only reason there's water there. It's, not, it's gravity feed. Let's walk down the hill. We call it Heartbreak Hill uh, because if you ever come up, it, you'll understand why we call it Heartbreak Hill. We'll, let's walk down to Pastor Jude's house. It'll take us about 10 minutes to get down there where he has four rooms, no running water, no electricity, four rooms. We'll walk outside about the other side of this, this exit door here. There is a tin roof on some sticks not even really tall enough for you to stand up in. That's, that's the kitchen. And then we don't even know where the bathroom is. It's the outdoors. Let, let's go and explain your current financial situation to him. And let's explain to him how you're not rich. I think you'd understand very quickly that you are. It would change your perspective. So if you don't believe you're rich, the, the prescription for you today is get your booty up here and sign up to go to Belize this summer, not next summer. See, the real danger in all this is this, that we'll put our hope in money rather than in God. God has given us so much, we have a responsibility to take care of people who, who are less fortunate financially than we are. It's the way God set things up. And let me tell you, there is nothing like the local church when the local church is working right. When people, get, when people walk out of here in August with, with trash bags full of really nice or even brand new clothes, when we give away shirts for the, for the school uniforms and their brand new tags still on them and they walk out and, and we have so many groceries that they can't carry it and we have to carry them out. There's nothing like the local church when the local church is working right and marriages are healed and people who are far from God hear about the message of God and, and they eventually join um, the church because they give their heart to Christ. There is nothing like the local church when the local church is working right. But let me tell you, there is nothing that stinks as bad as a local church that's not working right that's filled with gossip and slander and malice, and I'm better than you And my ministries over here, in my ministry, how dare you? There is nothing that stinks as much as a sewer as a local church that's not working right. So I want to be a part of a church that's working right. Anyone else? Anyone? Okay. Today, I took, um, I took the title of this series or this, this message today from a very famous person. Here, here it is. Here's the title. The Deceitfulness of Riches. Anybody got an idea who said that? First service didn't either. Okay, let's pretend you're in Baptist Sunday school and the teacher asks a question. What's the number one answer to any question in Baptist Sunday school? Jesus. Jesus, Jesus said this. And I'm gonna show you where he says it. Now, he's telling a story about a farmer that goes out and plants seed, and he talks about the seed falling in four different types of soil. He goes about and does some other stuff, and then at the end of that, he comes back and he explains, well, here's the different types of soil. Well, the soil we're going to look at is the third soil, and it's thorn-infested soil, and here's what he says in Matthew thirteen, twenty two. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, and we're talking about the word of God, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth or riches, deceitfulness, choke the word, making it unfruitful. So on your listening guides, choke the word means strangle your spiritual life. The cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches can actually choke your spiritual life to death. We need to do something about that. All right, so how many of you have ever been to a place that, that when you play the games, you get this reward for your games? Chuck E. Cheese. That is a great value for your dollar, isn't it? So you, you play these games and you score tickets and then you turn the tickets in for something, right? How many of you have taken your kids or your grandkids to a Chuck E. Cheese or a place like that, right, where you play games and you get tickets? How many of you have ever bumped your kid out of the way because they're not doing it right, and you're not getting enough tickets, and this costs money, and we need tickets? All right, good. In the first service, I was the only one, like, get out of the way, sucker, you're not doing it right. Dad, this costs money, my money. Why do we win the tickets? To get the prize, to get a pencil, to get the prize. And it's such a good pencil, right? It changes your life. They're wonderful prizes, and, and it doesn't matter how many times you've been to one of these joints, a thousand times you've been there, it's so easy to get caught up in the moment, try to win the prizes because we know that the prizes are just going to make us happy, and, and they're going to last forever. And we know that the more prizes, the more tickets you get, the bigger the prize, the happier you'll get, the longer the happiness lasts, right? So you get in game mode, you put your game face on, you start winning those tickets. And then once you win the tickets, you go to, nowadays you go to a ticket feeder, all right? So here's the, this is hilarious to me. It's actually called the ticket eater. You know, I talked about cookie monster last week. Well, this is the ticket monster. He eats the tickets. And what do you do? You're watching the numbers go up and probably you're disappointed in how many tickets you're getting, right? It doesn't matter how many you get. You're like, really? I'm getting ripped off here. (laughs) Have you ever tried to get the extra half ticket in there? Yeah because that's going to make a difference. And you get excited because your total's coming up, and then it prints out your receipt, and, and it doesn't matter. You know, I think one of them says 231, 186, 159. They're going to be sorely disappointed. Let's say you get 1,000 tickets, and you're like, man, I'm feeling good. And you go up to the ticket counter, and you see all of this, and you can't really see it, but 600 tickets, 1,000 tickets, and that's for trash. <laughs> and then you realize you only have enough tickets for this. A chicken finger puppet. And you got to make your own noise. It doesn't even quack for you. And no matter which prize you get this time, you're thinking, next time I'm getting more tickets and more prizes. I'm going to do better. And at some point you laugh and you go, man, this is such kids stuff, right? This is is kids play. And then you become an adult. and, And these tickets, you exchange for these tickets you say, man, if I just get enough of these, my life will be better. I just need some more of these. And if you believe that, you're being deceived by riches. (coughs) If I have these, I'll get the really good prizes. So I have this, this website that I go to almost every day, probably every day. It's called Deal News, and it tells you what's on sale, right? And it doesn't matter, it's all different categories. And I'm not kidding you, this happened to me Wednesday or Thursday this week, Thursday, Friday, I don't know. I'm looking at deal news, and I see a 65-inch smart 4K TV. And I look up on my fireplace, on my chimney, little, and it's a 50-inch. And it's not smart. (laughs) And I thought, it's the same price that I paid for my 50-inch that will make me happy. And, and then the Lord said, really? And, and by the way, before you buy something, you ought to, you ought to get some of these. Because the price that it was for that, I, I, I'm, I'm not, uh-uh. I'd rather keep these than get the new toy. Well, how do, how do these deceive us? That's what I want to talk about today. These deceive us. They tempt us to serve money instead of God. And according to the scripture, you can't do both. You can't serve God and money. So when we get to the end of your life and we're at your funeral, do you want your kids and your relatives to say, man, they were so good. They had so many tickets. They pursued tickets like nobody I've ever known. Or would you rather them say, man, they were some of the most generous, giving, loving people I've ever been around. And I want to be like them. According to Jesus, you can't serve these tickets and God at the same time. Here's what he says in Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. Now, I want you to say these next four words, four words there at the end. What is that? You cannot serve both. Say it. You cannot serve both. Okay. You cannot serve both. Say it again. You cannot serve both, you cannot serve both God and money. Now, Jesus didn't say you can't serve both God and popularity or, or you can't serve both God and power or God and the devil. He didn't say that. Why did he say you can't serve both God and money? Because God, Jesus, knows that money is the number one competition for our hearts. That's the next one there. Number one competition. This will compete for your affection. So why, is this, why are these tickets such, a, such an attractive false god? It's because they promise you what only God can deliver. The first thing they promise is happiness. If I had a few more of these, I could buy the shoes that would match the dress, that would match the hat, that would match the bracelet that I got for 50% off, then I'd be happy. If I had a bigger house, two bedrooms isn't enough. I need three. If I had a bigger car, if I had a bigger gun, let's just face it. More capacity and in, in ammunition, that just makes that will make anybody happy. I just need a few more bullets in my gun. I just need a gun. Mine's still at DFW Airport Police for some reason. <laughs> they won't give it back to me. Cuz it's against the law to take a loaded weapon in your backpack into the airport going to Haiti. Who knew? I need, a, I need a, a better fishing pole. I'm going fishing today. And, and that's going to help me catch more fish, right? I need new golf clubs because that's the key to a good golf game. New golf clubs. My wife doesn't believe that either. If I could only get, if I could only get my nails done. My nails. Have you seen my nails? Ladies, let me just tell you something right up front. You get your nails done, it's for you and other ladies. It is not for a dude. Never once in my life have I heard a guy go, Man, did you see the nails on that girl? (laughs) Mm, I wonder if they're real or fake. (laughs) (laughs) Then I'd be happy. Money promises you, happiness but it can't deliver money also promises what god only god can deliver and that's security man if i just had some more of these i could pay off my debt and then i'd be good if my salary were double we talked about this last week if my salary were double what i have now i would feel rich i would feel secure and let me know let me tell you how i know that's a lie let someone in your family that you love get sick with an incurable disease and you would trade every ticket you had for a few more days with them these things will deceive you and laugh in your face. Your security doesn't come from having more tickets. It comes from knowing an eternal God. Now, I got a question for you. When's the last time you sang a worship song to these types of tickets? Oh, I beg to differ. If you've ever bought something with money you didn't have to impress people that you don't like it was something you didn't need then you have bowed down and you've worshipped and you've said all hail king money all hail the lord of all my life anyone want to say you hadn't done that now if you've ever neglected your family so you could make more of these You've bowed down and you've worshipped a deceitful God. (laughs) I would never, never worship these Then prove it. Give some of these away to a cause or to a person who cannot pay you back. (laughs) Pay up or shut up. Here's our theme verse for this whole series comes from first timothy command those who are rich not suggest not strongly command those who are rich and that's you in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth which is so uncertain but put their hope in god who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment command here it is again command them to do good to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share in this way They will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. You will set up a firm foundation in heaven when you give some of these to the kingdom of God while you're still alive. So that they may take hold of life that is really life. You want good life, you want a true life, you gotta give some of these tickets away. So here's our statement, let's practice it again. God has blessed me with more than I need, I'm rich. Say that. Here's what we're gonna add to it this week. I will not trust in riches, but in God who richly provides. That comes from that verse. So I want you to say that with me. I will not trust in riches, riches. but but in God who richly provides. All right, let's read the whole thing together. God has blessed me with more than I need. I'm rich. I will not trust in riches, but in God who richly provides. Money says, you need more. You need more of me to be secure. You need more of me to be happy. You know what the key word is? More. People who worship this, who sing praise songs to this, never have enough. (laughs) So let me ask you this. Are you content with your current salary? Now, I'm not saying it's bad to say, hey man, I need a better job, or, you know, I I have three jobs. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. What's a bad thing is when you bow down and worship these. Is your first thought, I need to make more money to keep up with my lifestyle, or is your first thought, maybe I should cut back so that I can live on what I need and then be generous with some of my tickets? That's the difference. See, Solomon says this in in Ecclesiastes 5.10. Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. Now, let me tell you something. Solomon, I believe, had more tickets than all of us in this room watching on the Internet combined in our lifetimes will ever have. That's how rich he was. And he said, it's never enough. Some of you make twice as much as you did 10 years ago. You weren't happy then. You're not happy now. You're not going to be happy 10 years from now. Why? Because you've been deceived into thinking just a few more of these will solve all of my problems. It's the deceitfulness of riches. Money's such a terrible God because it promises what only the real God can provide. Proverbs eighteen eleven says this, the rich, now I'm going to say that again then you're going to say, that's me. And you're going to say it with a smile on your face, right? I'm going to say the rich and you go, that's me. Ready? I'm just warning you. The rich... All right, y'all suck. All right, let's try it again. The rich, there you go. The rich think of their wealth as a strong defense. They imagine it to be a high wall of safety. The rich, that's all of us, say, if I build my house with enough of these, I can hide behind it and nothing will ever touch me. That's a lie, isn't it? Does, does having health insurance keep you from getting sick? Nope. Does having life insurance keep you from dying? No. Now I believe it's wise to have those things. We have family members who've died without those things and it, and it devastated those left behind. So it's wise. It's just not wise to worship those things as the answer to everything. Because no matter how many of these you have, it cannot protect you from all the things that are coming. I'll protect you. I'll provide for you. No, he's lying. These are lying. They're deceitful. Now, just in case you're not offended yet, you're about to be. I want to offend everybody. Actually, no. Actually, I just want to tell you the truth today, and, and especially in 2019, the truth offends a lot of people. It's not my truth. It's God's. The second problem with worshiping these and spending all your time pursuing these, people who love and serve money find it difficult to give big. To give big. Last week we talked about this. People who make in the United States an average of $50,000 per year give about 6% of their income to charity. And then we found out that people who make four times that amount, $200,000 a year, give about 4%. We, the higher you go with a salary, the less percentage they give. And then I saw this stat and it kind of it made me do a double take. Do you know who in the United States, what, what income uh, level gives the highest percentage of their income to charity? People who make $12,000 per year or less. <laughs> and I want to tell you something about Jesus. Jesus is not nearly impressed by the amount of these you give. He's impressed by the percentage. Let me show you where it comes from. Mark chapter 12. Many rich people, that's us, put in a large amount. So they were watching the offering box. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins, two pennies. Jesus said, hey come here, guys, called his disciples to him, and he said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions, because, check this out, for they, go, go ahead, for they gave a, what's it say? Their percentage was minuscule compared to hers. Hers was 100%. She's given everything she had to live on, and Jesus was impressed with which one, the ones that gave a tiny part or ones who gave it all? Now, Jesus said, I don't think he's asking you today to give it all." <laughs> He's asking you to give something, and how how could a woman with two cents give it all? Because she said, "I'm not gonna I'm not gonna worship these. I'm gonna worship God." <laughs> and you're like, "Man, that's a great story, Doug." But we talk about big butts a lot in here. This is a big butt when it comes to money, but. But I'm in debt. I'm in school. I'm a single mom. I have, I have three kids and four sets of braces to come. That was my story from last week. But, 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 but. So I'll give when. I'll give when, when when I get out of debt. I'll give when I get out of school. I'll give when my kids. No, you won't. And by the way, when people ask me, should I get out of debt before I give? I say, when do you want God involved in your finances? Because that's the moment you start to give. Instead, you should say, I'll give now. It's what the poor woman did. And, and by the way, she impressed Jesus by her giving, but we don't know the rest of the story. God didn't tell us what he gave her. And I think it's, this is my opinion. I think he didn't tell us because we'd go, oh, well, you gave that woman this for giving two pennies. If I give this much, you should give me more. He's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> she didn't give in order to get back from God. She gave to say, this will never be my God. And God blessed her for it. So I want to ask you a question. When's the last time you gave to God an amount that caused you to go, oh, if God doesn't come through, we're done? I think it was the year 2010. Now, in 2008, I believe it was, we did the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University as a church. Janie and I committed to get out of debt, and we spent a lot, you know, a couple of years, maybe three years, I don't remember to get out of debt. And then at the end of that time, we decided as a church, we were going to get out of debt as a church. Cause when we bought this, this place and the 2.1 acres and the house and, and you know, then the, the 2.5 acres over there that has the blue house, we decided to get out of debt. So what we did was we did a building a great life series. And, and for, for 40 days, eight weeks, I preached on what it means to give. And we had these daily devotionals that you were to read with your family. And so what we were asking people to do on the 40th day of this, of this series, we're going to ask you to give a one-time gift, whatever God leads you to give. And then we're going to ask you to make a three-year commitment over and above the tithe. Now, let me just say, that's a recipe for, for grumbling and disaster in most churches, right? And so I just kept preaching. I'm like, God, this doesn't make sense. These people are going to think I'm crazy, but we're going to do it anyway. So we're having our daily devotional, and we do it at lunchtime back then. Our kids, this, so this was like nine years ago, around 2010. So uh, nine years ago, Caleb would have been 15, Rachel would have been 13, and, and Hannah would have been 11, uh, 10, 11. And so we're sitting around. I'm reading them the deal, and, and, and I don't remember the whole thing, but it said, you need to give something that costs you, that makes you go, ah, oh, man, Am I trusting God? And I will never forget Rachel sitting across the table from me, and Rachel goes, Daddy, how much are we giving? And I thought, well, I'm going to tell her. And so Janie and I prayed about it. We were going to give $1,000. Now, we had just gotten out of debt, and we hadn't even started braces. Maybe we had with Caleb. But we, we were going to give $1,000 one-time um, gift, and then we were going to commit to a certain amount over the next three years over and above our tithe. And so she asked all, and I told her all that stuff. So I said, we're going to give a $1,000 gift. And she goes, is that enough? I said, well, baby, yeah. And she goes, is that really going to stretch us? I'm like, shut up. (laughs) We're eating eating freaking peanut butter and jelly sandwiches right here. Is that enough? And I said, well, not now. Janie and I went back and we started praying. And eventually, we kept getting... So eventually, we gave a $2,500 one-day gift. And then we committed to, to... $15,000 $15,000 over the next 3 years so $5,000 a year over the next 3 years and at that time that was that was about the same amount we were making total everything so we were giving $5,000 a year our 10% and then we were going to give another $5,000 over the next 3 so we're giving 20% of our income plus this $2,500 deal and let me just say 9 years later God is faithful you cannot outgive God Every time you put him to the test, he will blow your mind. And so we started this whole deal, and people said I was crazy. And and, um, three years later, we weren't out of debt. And I was like, God, did we miss it? What's going on? We still had about, I think it was around $37,000 on debt. And I was going, God, I I sure thought you were going to pay this thing off in three years. And what's going on? And so it was around August of that year, I think it's 2014, somewhere in there. And the door knocks and somebody knocks on the door and I come out the living room and they handed me an envelope. And they said, I believe God wants us, wants me to give this to the building fund, building a great life. And I said, cool, thanks. They left. Opened it up. It was a $40,000 check. And I just went, now, if you say, oh, my God, to God, that's not using his name in vain, right? I went, oh, my God. And I called Cheney, you're not going to believe this. I text Jeff and Teresa, you're not going to believe this. And I couldn't wait till the next Sunday that I said, our God is faithful. The way you demonstrate that this is not your God is you give a percentage of your income. I believe the scripture teaches a percentage, priority percentage. That means it's the first 10%. When I give of my, you know, I tell you this all the time. I do not put any cash in my wallet until I give God his first 10%, because I don't want to even be tempted to steal God's money. The first 10%. And then there's going to be times that God's going to ask you to give over and above that, and you're going to go, this doesn't make any sense. And God goes, I know, isn't it fun? That's how you become good at being rich. Now, Paul was was one of the apostles, wrote about half of the New Testament, and he went around starting churches all around the Mediterranean. And the people in Jerusalem were really struggling. I mean, being, being killed for being Christians, couldn't find work. They were very, very poor financially. So Paul started going to these churches, and he started taking up an offering to send back to the birthplace of Christianity. And here's what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Now I, Paul, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, he's writing to the Corinthian church about these other people. What God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia, they are being tested by many troubles and they are what? Not just poor, very poor. But they are also filled with abundant joy. And look what abundant joy does to you, which has overflowed in rich generosity. You have joy, you'll be generous. For I can testify, they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. Not just more, far more. And they did it of their own free will. Look at this. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. No, 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 let us give more. You don't give more. No, let us give more. Don't you steal my blessing. We want, please let us give more. And if we were to go today if I, or next week, if we were to go to San Lazaro, Belize, and I were to stand up in front of those people and say, people in New, uh, at New Life Community Church in East Texas need your financial support, I guarantee you the people would come up and they would give above what they were able. And I think they're the type of people they would beg for the opportunity to give more. If we were to go to Haiti, I guarantee I've seen them give. They walk up and they have two pennies and they give it to the Lord. And if we were to say, we need some help in East Texas, they would, go, they would go do something and they would give. They would give big and they have nothing. There's one last thing about people who love and serve money and that's that they have money in the bank but no peace in their hearts. And some of you are like, this one's not about me because I got no money in the bank. They have clothes in their closet, but no peace in their hearts. They've got food in the fridge or in the pantry, but no peace in their hearts. How long could you live if you just ate the food in your pantry? Someday we're going to try it. They have toys in the garage, but no peace in their hearts. Look what Look what Proverbs fifteen sixteen says: Better to have little with fear of the Lord than have great treasure and inner turmoil better a little bit with god than a whole stack of tickets and no inner peace and some of you're like man i don't believe that i want to try this great riches thing give me great riches with a side order of turmoil please i'd love to try that that's the people who say if i just had a few more of these my life would be great you're being deceived by riches Some of you make more than your parents ever did and quite honestly, more than you ever thought you would in your lifetime. But you're financially strapped and you're constantly stressed. And it's because you're like that ticket eater and you are consuming everything God gives you on yourself. And I know that because there's people in this room that make about a third of what you make. They're not financially strapped. They're not stressed. They don't consume everything. They live on what they make. And they're filled with joy And anytime we ask people to give, they can't wait to give. They're not deceived. They believe, Proverbs 15, 16, it's better to have a little with God than a lot without. No matter how many of these you have, it's not going to keep your kids off drugs. It's not going to keep someone you love from getting cancer. What you need is more of Jesus, not more of these. At the end of my life, I do not want my kids to say, man, Dad was so good at chasing tickets. He was stingy, but man, he had a lot of tickets. I want them to say, Dad gave his life for something that was better, better and bigger than him. Dad was generous. He gave big. He had peace in his heart. Because this wasn't his God. The only way for that to happen is for me to say to these you will not control me. I will never serve you. But you will serve me. And you give some away. Is Tawny here today? All right, TJ, come on up here. You're going you're gonna to have to give this to your sister, all right? Come on, come on. So Tawny needs to raise some money. You know, sorry, bud, you're just going to be the messenger today. Tawny needs money for youth camp. So you say to your sister, God is providing for youth camp, all right? You give that to her. And if you do that, I'll give you something later. You. Um, somebody, somebody needs to go to Belize. And I've had at least two people tell me I got no money. Hundred bucks. If you if you'll say yes to God, you got at least a hundred bucks on your trip to Haiti, or Haiti to Belize. Let's pray together. God, money is so deceitful. Our enemy wants us to bow down and worship to it and sing praises to it and chase after it until we've wasted all of our time. We can make more money. We can't make more time. Convince us, God, to be wise with the time you've given us, to make the most of this opportunity because the days are evil. And we need to be sending money on ahead so that we'll have this firm foundation in heaven. Teach us what it means to be generous, to be be rich in good deeds, and to be willing to share. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.